ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम माय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वसुदेवा जॉय टू यू फ्रेंड्स वी बीन डिस्कसिंग इन आवर इन द कनेक्शन विद आवर टॉक ऑन द भगवद गीता Krishna's teaching on yoga in fact later on in the Gita he says to Arjuna be thou a yogi because the yogi is the practical aspect of spiritual teaching now i've lived in italy too and i remember diatribes against yoga on the part of the vatican and they said that it's all uh satan trying to get you and all sorts of things i mean people can say anything but the truth is that it simply takes into account certain realities of human nature that everybody has to follow for example why do you t- concentrate here at uh, the point between the eyebrows because this is a natural point of concentration most people don't know it and so they'll let their minds sort of wander but when they think deeply they tend to frown don't they there's automatically attention they have pictures of saints looking upward Well, what happens is that in ecstasy your mind is drawn to this point it's the frontal lobe of the brain it's the most highly developed aspect of the brain the lower animals have foreheads that go straight back and in this higher aspect is where you attain this is the seat of buddhi or intellect and the intellect although i've talked about its disadvantages is very important too without intellect you can't figure out why you've been suffering animals suffer they don't know why man has the intellect to understand that there must be some reason your intellect is given to you for a divine purpose the point is to channel it in the right way not to kill it one time my guru who was trying to get me to work on developing more devotion and not to rely as heavily on intellect as i had done and i myself wanted to do it so i was cooperating with his effort but uh, He gave me a job at a certain point which really upset me because he had me editing. And I I thought, well, editing is a very mental work. It's it's using my intellect. How can he be doing this when he wants me to develop devotion? I discovered in time that developing devotion doesn't mean suppressing your intellect. You've got to have both. You've got to refine all aspects of your nature. and not suppress any of them if you want to attain god so anyway this is the seat of all catholic saints when they've gone into meditation into ecstasy they look up why does the catholic church feel that it has to condemn something so universal and everybody if he's feeling unhappy he feels heavy and if he's feeling happy he feels light again if you feel devotion or love you feel it in your heart you don't feel it in your knee this is a universal teaching there are certain aspects of our bodies that are universal it's not a question of well i'm a christian so i don't believe in these things some christian theologian who said that for a christian to be without an ego would be uh, very uh, undesirable well that's not a christian that's him He's, you can only understand as far as you your own your own experience has taken you but remember that you 
are the same as everybody else. And if you're a Hottentot or an Australian Aborigine or anybody at all, a communist um, uh, bigwig in the government in China, you'll still have these truths and you can't get away from them. When you're happy, you feel light. When you're happy, you're, you inhale more than exhale. When you're happy, you look upward. And uh, when you're unhappy, the opposite happens. These are truths. When your breath is still, it's not moving very much, you're concentrated. How can you concentrate deeply, deeply if you're... <laughs> you can't. You've got to get your body still. You've got to get your mind still. This is certainly true what the scientists say, that you must calm your emotions, but they're wrong in saying you must kill your emotions. You must have feeling. No great scientific discovery ever has been or ever could be made without deep intuition, without deep feeling. So yoga, as I have said repeatedly in these last few talks, and it's a very important point to understand, yoga is based on universal principles. The truths in yoga, the truths of morality, the truths of spiritual teaching are not a matter of belief. They're a matter of experience. And what Jesus taught in the Bible is a matter of an experience. He had experienced it. He knew what he was talking about. We teach that which we do know. That's what he said to people. And if you read carefully, when he said, the, look, the kingdom of God is not you low here and low there. The kingdom of God is within you. And when he used the kingdom of heaven, very often, although not always, mostly he was pulled into the other by people's expectations. But usually when he spoke of heaven, he meant union with God. Spiritual marriage. Why do the Catholics who know about saints, who know that they have this concept of spiritual marriage, of the union of the soul with God in that way, why do they have to say that this is not Christian when a yogi talks about becoming one with God? There's this thought that uh, you... Um, if you don't believe right, you may get the words right, but you're, you can't be right. I met a Cardinal Odi in Spain, in uh, Rome, many years ago, and he was telling me that India, oh yes, I've lived in India, I know the Buddhists, well of course, Buddhism is not a strong religion in India, which meant he didn't know anything. But anyway, he said, yes, it's, it's, it takes you as far as philosophy can take you, but only Jesus can take you to the final truth. Well, Looking at it scientifically, every single truth that Jesus not only spoke about but manifested has been manifested by a few people in all countries, including India. And in Islam, where they don't seem to recognize saints generally, they have had their saints, the Sufi saints especially. There's one beautiful story of a, a woman saint, Rabia, and uh, she was on her deathbed and having a lot of difficulty. And some of her disciples came to her, and one man said, but uh, to console her, he said, well, after all, Mother, no one is a true lover of God if he is not willing to suffer for God's sake. And she said, well, more than this is needed. So the next man tried, and he said, well, he is no true lover of God who is not happy to suffer for God's sake. She said, this still smacks of ego. And they said, well, Mother, you tell us, what is the right attitude for a lover of God. And she said, he is no true lover of God who does not 
forget his suffering in the contemplation of the beloved. And this is what we see with Jesus on the cross. He was not suffering except for other people. But the sufferings he went through, he went through willingly for the sake of other people. When they were chastising and castigating him before his crucifixion, he remained untouched. You can be completely free, but you've got to do it in the right way. Inner freedom means not wanting anything, not being identified with anything, not being attached to anything or anyone. And these are truths which are they're valid in every religion. When Master came to St. Louis, there was a saintly abbot in a monastery there, and the monks were all upset because they saw him dressed in his orange robe coming into a Christian monastery. But when the abbot came, he just sort of went up to him. He said, man of God, I am happy you have come. The saints recognize the God in one another. Joy to you.